going to talk about fasting. Isn't it fun to fast? <laughs> going without food a couple days? Five days, six days, seven days? Anybody got any amens? Oh, look, now you guys ate a lot during the holidays, so you can use it some time off. <laughs> really, really, really. But I got a few cakes to get done before I start mine. But anyway. Welcome, everybody, back. I want to tell everybody, Happy New Year. I didn't get to see you on Sunday. January 1st, we had service, and it was amazing. If you guys uh, didn't know, um, I'll just got to give another announcement again. I'll do it again this Sunday. Is uh, During the um, holiday season, we had a transition. Pastor Jimmy and Annette uh, transitioned to, to uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, to our church in Tennessee, and going on staff there. And uh, it happened. It's been seemed like it happened quickly, but it's been in the works for the last year or two years. And we've been going to meetings and trying to figure out how it's going to work out. And it happened right there in the middle of the holidays. So it looked like you disappeared for a couple of weeks in December. And you saw Pastor Jimmy here. And then you come back and you see this bald-headed guy. And he said, what happened? Just want to let you know what happened. Uh, started our first sermon January 1st. I um, was able to preach. And as me and my wife, Donna Brown, why don't you stand up, honey? As we're new senior pastors. And she is the brains of the outfit. So... If anything's wrong, you blame her, but she owns all the B1s, the Dias Air Force Base, so if you don't like it, we'll drop a bomb on you. <laughs> really, but really, Pastor Jimmy, he's already there. He had to drive over to, North, uh, to Tennessee on Monday. He had his first staff meeting all day yes, on Tuesday, and, uh, and Pastor Nett's still here. They sold their house, so they're transitioning out. So if you see him in the city, just continue to bless them. Transition is not easy, especially when you move and stuff. You know, I, I, we just moved our desk and we're moving the building around. You see some things happening in our building. We're doing some transitioning on the building here and stuff. So that's why we did that. So I just wanted to give you an update. And I did one thing on, on um, Sunday. I and I, I named some people and I forgot to name one person. I had named our elders. Okay. Huh? He didn't leave. He better not leave. Get back here. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Nora Dunn's our elders. Why don't you stand up one more time? Robbie and Terry Benningfield, stand up. Now, the one person I forgot, because he was hiding in the back, was Mark Gregory, because he's, he's one of our elders, and his wife, Ruth, does our children's church. Not only did I forget him, <laughs> I put him on the schedule double, because <laughs> I want to show how much I love you. <laughs> but it really is amazing walking with these guys. These guys are amazing. And um, we've known each other for over 12 years. Um, even I knew Mark about almost four, since I was in different cities, uh, different churches when we were doing Promise Keepers together and stuff. So um, it's amazing. You guys amazing leaders here. And we're ready to launch out in 2012. And the reason why I gave you all that information, because what we're going to be doing, we want to start off the year right with a prayer and fasting week starting next Monday, the 9th through the 12th, 13th, that Friday. And what we're going to do is open up the church here. Uh, 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock, and you can come here and pray, and I'm gonna, um, and you can uh, spend an hour here praying, and we'll have the place open, and we'll be leading that in prayer. Also, that Tuesday morning, uh, our Ironman group, we're going to be meeting here at 6 o'clock in the morning praying, so if you want to come out that Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock, you can come out and pray. I'll mention this again on Sunday, so, and what I want to do is a lot of things I know to a lot of people, fasting is foreign to you, you know? It's not, and it's sometimes, as believers, we treat fasting as an event. 
but it's not an event. It's really a lifestyle. And the benefits of missing food and really getting closer to God, man, you just can't believe, you can't beat it. And our hope is we'll kickstart something in you this week. But we also want to seek God for 2012 for Grace Point Church. And what I'm going to do this, this evening, I'm going to do more than just talk to you a little bit. I'm not going to preach now. I try to teach, and somehow I wind up preaching. So I'm a little preachy, so it's okay. Um, I am trying the handheld mic for the first time. So I'm doing a lot of this because I'm used to having my other hand, you know. So I'm, from, I'm a New Yorker, so I, I like to talk like that. So anyway, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to do this, right? I'm not going to do any of that. So um, after that, I'm going to hand out some sheets of some focus points that we're going to be praying for this week, Monday through Friday, that we created. And we're going to start local with, our, with each other, our city, our nation, our world, and all the different ministries around here. How's that sound? Okay, I'm going to explain to you about when you hear the word fasting that you don't get scared because everyone's at a different place. I understand that. No one starts off fasting seven days. We tried, tried that before. Wow, that was, you know, just a wild ride. But really, we want to take you to the, I'm going to explain fasting to you in prayer that you can start anywhere, you can enter anywhere, not even just food. You know, some of you love Facebook. How many love Facebook? Raise your, how many Facebook Users that I have. Well, see, you can fast that this week. <laughs> right? <No>. Miss Robbie. <laughs> okay. Great. See, it's 2012. I said all nice things this year so far. We're only on day four. I'll fast the hard stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. So let's get ahead and uh, go into it. Um, we got some notes we're going to do. And I'm just going to go ahead and talk to you about it. And can we just pray before we get started? Um, well, I want you to recognize this whole year, we dedicate this whole year winning in life on Wednesday night. Um, I want to let you know I'm a biblical uh, studies major. I love the Bible. So when you come here on Wednesday nights, um, we're going to get in the Bible. So get your Bibles out. Bring, give it a good habit to get your Bibles and get you a pen and a pencil to write some things down that God might speak to you. Not just now, but he might speak to you later on down the road. Amen? Because you'd be surprised how many things you write down and then you go back a couple years later and how God spoke to you through something. So we'll be in the Bible. That's the only way I know how to teach the word is through the word. How about that? So, okay. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you right now for this time, Lord, the short time we have. Actually, you just bless everyone here tonight continually, God. And we recognize, Lord, that you're forever. You never quit on us. We never quit on you. We give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. One of the things I wrote down, the goal of fasting is not just to do without food. It's to draw nearer to God. The whole idea of us, that discipline of fasting is to draw nearer to God. Removing that which might get in our way to have a closer, uh, uh, intimate walk with God. Because the definition of biblical fast is this, to restrict food for a spiritual purpose. To restrict food for a spiritual purpose. And that's what it's about. In our case, food, whatever might take your attention away of you communing with God, that's what you want to start to practice in your lives. And I'm not just saying just one week in January. I'm talking about just think about your everyday life. That what you can be doing, communing with God, but you're doing this instead. 
because sometimes, and if you haven't noticed, guys, God speaks to you in certain on certain days more than He does on others. If you haven't noticed, sometimes you you wake up and, and you just sense God's just speaking to you on one day, and another day He's there, but it's not really. Because you got to find that rhythm, and then sometimes the way to find that rhythm is sit down and just hear what He's saying to you. And the way you can do that is through fasting, in prayer. Okay, we the theme this year for our for Grace Point Church, we want to put this down, was Joshua 3.5 was our theme scripture. This is Joshua about to take the, uh, new, the uh, children of Israel into the promised land. Moses had passed away. Now Joshua would take over the realms. They were going into a place they had never been, but they walked around it for 40 years. And preceding that passage, he talks about Walk a certain way behind the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence is going to go in first, and you're going to go in behind there. But he, he ended verse 4 with this word. We have never been this way before. So then he comes with the next one is, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And guys, our heart, my heart in Grace Point Church, I believe God wants to do a wonder in our place. There's promises that unconditional God gives us, and there's promises that some conditions that we have to be prepared to receive them. I believe God wants to bless, start really, really bless. The things you guys have been struggling with, God wants to bring breakthrough. But you have to, we really, we need to prepare our hearts to receive the blessing because it's a heart thing. Some of you are even just taking your blessing away from you because your heart isn't right. And that's not a slight or anything else. When your heart's right with God, you hear God even better. But most of all, you recognize the blessing because some of you reject the blessing that you think is a curse because you're not really in tune with God's saying. You ever hear that? You say, God, send me a piece of bread. And he sends it a whole different way. You reject it because you don't understand what his heart is. Well, the children of Israel here, they say, consecrate yourselves. um, Set apart yourselves. Get your hearts right, because God wants to do a wonder. And if you haven't noticed today, we nearly need to be plugged into what God's doing in the earth. A lot of us see the world now as a negative, and it really isn't. All God is doing is positioning us, as Miss Crystal said, to do great things. Because he's tearing down so many things. The only thing that's going to stand is God and his people. You understand? And what happens is we've been praying for revival. And guys, when things start to crumble in the world, what people thought that was going to be strong, and the only ones left is us, instant revival has happened. And it's so easy now to go to those who really need to know who Jesus Christ is. Because he's setting it up for us to shine, not to falter like them. Make sense? So when you're spiritually in tune with what God's doing, you're saying, he's bringing opportunity. He's not bringing disaster. Now, the only way I look at it is a disaster because I have my heart in the wrong place. Maybe in, my wrong, in the checking account, which Sammy said would be taken care of. Make sense? So consecrating ourselves in these days and, and getting away and, and spending time and getting our hearts ready, because I know God wants to do a wonder here in Abilene, Texas, and do a wonder through this church. 
And the only way you're going to discover what that is uh, as a, as a uh, personal and also corporately is through this discipline of fasting and praying. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that. So that's our theme. We believe God wants to do a wonder, even in the midst of what we call disasters. I believe it's an opportunity. How many believe that? Now, Jesus in Matthew 9, 15, he said he spoke of the day when he was there, the Pharisees ran over to him and said, hey, how come then your disciples aren't fasting? And he made this statement, because I'm here. And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Well, that day is now. Jesus is with the Father. He's also inside of us. But now is the time for us to apprehend and get his heart on things. And how do you do that? Again, I'm going to be a broken record to that discipline of fasting and seeking God and getting away. How many would love just to shut everything off? Cell phones. Come on, how many? Be real. How many are so tired of your cell phone ringing at the wrong time? And remember when we didn't have cell phones? Well, I don't know. Maybe we could talk to a few people that understand. Well, we didn't have cell phones? How many people don't remember? Okay. Yeah, okay. We're getting close. All right. That's the real, the real days. It was just great, wasn't it? You had to wait till you got home to make the call. And then when you ate dinner, before you had an answer machine, if it rang, it rang. You eating dinner. Now it's, I got to, I got to, and nothing's changed. <laughs> where are you? Right where I was. I live in Abilene, Texas, 15 minutes apart. <laughs> when are you getting home? Hey, five minutes, because it only takes that long to get across town. <laughs> See, technology promises us, promise to bring us ease, but it brings so much complexity. And busyness. When we wind up in what we do, we wind up working for God versus walking with God. Because he's on the list. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Still phone ring. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Going to stop. Stop at Walmart. Oh, my gosh. No way. You know. And life. And you look up and you say, man, what happened? And you missed all the opportunities that God has for us. One of the hardest things for Americans to do is to slow down. You get to notice that when you go to other countries. They don't move fast. When I spent some time in South Carolina, when they said, and it's like another country. When I said they're going to fix my car, we'll get to it. Like, okay, like tomorrow, I mean like in an hour, we'll get to it means three days. It's in the back. He only works one car a day. You get me? Same thing in other countries <laughs> when we went to another place. Take out time. And they said, we're the busiest. They said, America is so busy. Ain't got nowhere to go. That's what Jesus was saying. It fasts when we are, uh, he's, when we, right now is the time for us to fast. Now, let me give you, here's a question, because everyone's going to ask it. Why should we fast? Okay. 
Now, I'm going to go through a, a scripture I love. Isaiah 58 talks about the true fast. It talks about a false fast and then the true fast that God calls us all to. The first one is in Isaiah 56, 58, 6. It produces victory over spiritual forces. It produces victory over, over the enemy. That scripture says, not, is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, and let the oppressed go free and break, not just some yoke, every yoke. You've been feeling oppressed? Pray fast and watch that thing smack off. It breaks things when you fast. Personally and over our city. How many believe prayer works? How many believe God is able? So we can spend time asking him and talking to him about it. But that's what it does. It breaks what it does. It produces victory over spiritual force. The next one is humility before God and power over sin. Humility before God and power over sin. How many believe we have power over sin? Not too many hands are raising your hand. See, you don't know who you are. When you were born again, you were born over that. Your birthright is freedom. Your birthright is righteousness. That's your name. You got the big R on your chest. Mine is Richard, but Richard Wright. Serious. See, the enemy messes you up. He throws you off your position. See, your position is righteousness. But if he can knock you off, you won't raise your hand. You'll think you're just a loser. Power over sin. It says in the Bible that Jesus, sitting on the right hand of God, until he puts all his enemies' sin on his feet, and makes him a footstool. Show me that scripture. Then, you'll, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear God, guard. Man, someone ought to be shouting on that. That's what is happening there. That's the true fast he's talking about in Isaiah 58. Next one is answered prayer. How many want their prayers answered? Want to hear God answer the prayers? Verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. I love that. I can stop right there. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, <laughs> here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. Here I am, he says. Again, talking about fasting, why we should fast. The last one is guidance. Remember I said something on Sunday about we want not, not to put God on our list of things to do. Go to church on Sunday, work Monday through Friday, church on Wednesday, and the list goes on and on and on. We want to put Christ and God in the center of our lives. And everything else draws out of there. And when you fat, getting with before God, 
How many have got before God way before you got with him and you spent time before you spent time with him and you had a list of what were you going to do that day and you were being you were feeling overwhelmed. How am I going to complete this list? How am I going to get all this done? How are we going to get these bills? How are we going to do all that? How, how, how? And you spent maybe 25 minutes, 30 minutes spending some time with God. And what happens when you come out of that? The list never changed. Your system changed to receive the list. You received the right guidance to accomplish that what he wants you to accomplish. See, men, we're bad at things when it comes to putting things together. We put it together first, then we look for the guidance. And most of the guidance comes from our wives, the Holy Spirit. Honey, there's a screw missing. Honey, I tell you, look at that book. Did you just look at the book? I looked at the book. So why has it got five legs? I don't know. There's something wrong with the box. Anyway. <laughs> what? We're guys. We read later. <laughs> we got it all together, don't we? Never. Anyway, <laughs> but for guidance, when you put on the sin in your life, you ask the question, Jesus, how would you go about doing this? When he's in the center, how do you go when you're fasting, and when you're praying and you're before God? How do you go about doing this? And it's, I love what it says here. It's a progression. It says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like watered garden, like a spring of water, whose water does not fail. What he's saying is conditions around you may dry up, may change, but your heart with God and your condition will always be watered. With the discipline of getting with God and drawing near to God and nearness of God, whatever's going on in your life really does not, should not be elevated that high because you shouldn't be moved by that. When you have the word that says you won't be moved, I will satisfy your desires. You won't be shaken. My kingdom never shakes. We've never lost a fight. I never run out of energy. I'm God Almighty. I am your father who knows it all already, knows what you need, know how you need to get it. So when you read those things and you're with the father, everything that's shaking around you, I'm on the God economy because he's the center of my life. Now, if he closes up the shop, we're in trouble. Am I making sense? Next thing is, how should we fast? Now, some of us are one place, some of us are another place. There's three types of fast, two types of fast I want to show you about. Two types, I'm sorry. A total fast is one without food. Now, Jesus did this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry, and the enemy came to him to tempt him. But it says after he was baptized, the spirit led him into <laughs> the wilderness to be tempted. But he came out in the power of the spirit when he came out. One preacher said this, Jesus went in there looking for a fight. See, Adam lost that fight, but Jesus, and this is a new person in town, I'm going to win this fight. 
<laughs> so he went looking for a fight. He said, let me purge myself, and I'm going to hear one with the Father. And every time the enemy, you ever notice when you're really walking with God, an enemy rises up within you, around you, what happens? You say a word, don't you? You give that word because you're so full. You say, oh, here's a word. I got to get out of here. I didn't know they knew the Bible that well. Man, let me go find someone who doesn't know. He's so full of God and the power of the Spirit. But, again, 40 days and 40 nights without eating nothing to drink. Very few do that. I know some people who do. There's another fast, which a lot of us is very popular. It's called the partial fast. Now, this is one without certain kinds of food. Now, if you know the, who knows about Daniel in the lion's den, and Daniel, just the prophet Daniel, he was a praying and fasting young man. It starts off with him being tested about being put in Babylon, being kidnapped out of, out of Israel and being put in Babylon. And then he, him and Shadrach, Meshach, and my man, Abednego. It says this, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And what happened was they were trying to give them their delicacies from Babylon, wine and all this, this bad food. And Daniel said, I don't want to defile myself because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, basically. I don't want to defile myself. Let us go for 10 days and eat these, this food. And it says that he was 10 times when they checked on him because God gave him favor with, with their captives. When they checked on him, they were 10 times better than those who were in captive. And they just kept them giving them the vegetables. But they didn't. It was what are called partial fast. And they wanted to stay very tight to their diet because they were Jews. And they did not want to, actually, they did not want to uh, defile their beliefs. And a partial fast is a great way to do it. Uh, vegetables, whatever the other way you can do that, juice, whatever you want to do, it's a great way to go about fasting. Next one is um, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, he was praying for the people. I ate no delicacies, no meat, no wine in my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. And next thing you know, he had a visitation about when he first started praying. Uh, an angel visited him about the answer he was looking for. And he was just seeking, his, seeking God. That's all he was doing, was seeking the Lord. Stopping and just seeking him. One of the last ones here I uh, put down, um, it can be corporate or it can be personal. If you know about that, you can go, I'll give you the scripture. Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. King Jehoshaphat, when the enemy was coming, bearing down on him, he called a whole fast and a prayer time with those in, in Judah. And next thing you know, as they prayed and they fasted, the enemy wound up ambushing themselves. And after they got done, after the Lord told them to go out and pick up all the, uh, the, all the valuables, it took them three days to pick it up. But they didn't have to fight because the Lord will fight for us. You see what I'm saying? When you're praying and you're fasting God and you have an issue, when you go into it, the Lord will fight for you. But they had to recognize that. They went in nervous, but they came out powerful. You know what they did? You know what their orders were? You thought it was God would say, pick up a sword and, and then kill the enemy. He said, no, just sing. Sing? Yeah, just, just have a church service. Before you go out, why are you going out there to fight? Just have a church service. So they sung. 
and the enemy tore themselves up. How many got a mighty God? Because he wants to fight for you. That's what happens when you do that. Um, King David, in 2 Samuel 12, 16, he prayed for uh, his son not to die, and his son wound up dying, but got, he got up, brushed himself off, and that's a long story. I want you to go ahead and read that in your time. Last thing is, um, a prayer should be combined with extra prayer. I mean, I'm sorry, a fast should be combined with extra prayer. Amen. And that's Daniel 9, 3. It says, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Again, he had another visitation, letting them know the day you prayed is the day I heard. Now, let me tell you about prayer very quickly because we're going to close right on time. Prayer is a time to commune with God. And that's Psalms 27, 8. It's a time to commune with God. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. And that's David. And they said David was a man after God's own heart. Last thing, second thing is prayer is a pursuit of God. When you're fasting and you're praying, you're pursuing God. And you said, that's amazing. Well, God pursued us. If you read from the very beginning of Genesis to the end of the Bible, he pursued us for a relationship. 63.8, Psalm 63.8. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Wow. This is David. My soul clings to you. My right, your right hand upholds me. See, prayer is not about asking God for things. It's about getting with God. Because you love them. Any relationship, you spend time with someone because you love them and you want to get to know them more. See, prayer is like if you ever seen someone um, put together or try to develop a photographic image. We used to put them in, go in the dark room and, and, and try to take a, um, that, which is a, used to call it now, I can't remember now, we got digital, a negative, and you process. It, it, into a picture. Our spending time with God is a photographic image because the more you spend with him in that room or with, by himself, which by yourself or with other people, the more you start to look like him. The more you're transformed into his image. Because as you're reading the word, the word starts to read you. And you, it's a photographic image. It was, you all, we all start off as a negative. I love the way they put that. And we became such a beautiful image. And he takes us from glory to glory to glory. And he's, make, he's enhancing the picture, enhancing the beauty of each and every one of us, enhancing our gifts, enhancing all those things that are deep inside. But unless we spend time with him, he pulls them out. You didn't know you had them a year ago, but you spend time this year seeking God and getting with him, you'll see that you have them. Amen. I want to encourage you. What we have here is we have some before, as we end, because we're going to end right now, stop by and pick up one of these fasting and prayer guides and join with us this week next week coming up 
And don't be condemned if you can't miss all meals. Dedicate one meal. Start small. And then watch God increase you as the week goes by. Amen. And I want to encourage you. Start this Sunday at 930. Come out to prayer time. It's amazing. We pray before the service. If you didn't know Scott and Kathy Highsmith, why don't you guys stand up? They're, they're really passionate about prayer. And he, they, the Lord has put on their heart to do great things. And he knows once we, prayer opens the door for us to do a, a, a one, the God for God to do a wonder in this place. He's already started, but he wants to take us to another glory and another faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.